As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinions. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. This week's reviewer of the week is informed.dad, and he says, fantastic podcast. The information, tips, recommendations, and stories really enables me to support my wife from a place of understanding and confidence. Excited to dive into more as we move into our third trimester. Recommend this highly so more men can support and engage in birthing discussion from an informed place. Cheers. Love that. Yes, if I can have more dads join me on the podcast and say, I'm going to leave a review. I'm going to talk about how I've supported my wife. I would absolutely love to hear from you. So if you are a dad listening or moms, if your partner wants to jump in and listen um, and they're liking what they hear, they found a way to, to support you well or partners, if you're like this nugget of knowledge has really helped me um, feel confident in supporting my wife or th- my, the mom then please leave a review. Uh, Keep listening. This podcast is not just for moms um, and you can learn just as much. Yes, I'm speaking to moms, but that knowledge, knowledge is power. So stay with me. Today, you guys, I'm really excited. We've got another birth story. So Stephanie, will you take a moment and introduce yourself, please? Yeah. So my name's Stephanie Bratton. My husband and I have been married for almost four years and we met in the National Guard and we live in rural Missouri. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Um, so this, this, um, baby, this was your very first baby, the one that you're here telling the birth story about. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Um, okay. Was there anything, talk just a moment for, um, for everyone listening about your pregnancy. Was there anything that kind of stood out to you? Was it difficult? Any challenges or was it pretty easy going? How was your pregnancy with this birth? Um, the first trimester I had kind of normal, mild nausea, um, tender breasts and some food aversions and stuff, but nothing 
real crazy. Thankfully, some of my friends' pregnancies are sick most of the pregnancy and that was not the case for me. So, I mean, the pregnancy all in all was pretty, pretty easy and it, it wasn't bad at all. That's awesome. Did anything come up during any of your trimesters um, that you had to deal with maybe with a provider? So we started out at the hospital um, with the OB and my sister had recently given birth and I we just moved back to the area, so I didn't have anybody. So I just was like, well, who did you use? And that's, I just made an appointment with her provider. And after the first couple appointments, we were just like this, they kept trying to push the, the vaccine on me. And I was just like, I don't want that. And we had an issue with the due date and everything. And I just did not feel like it was where I needed to be. Do you mind, do you mind if I ask you what the issue with the due date was? Just out of general curiosity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, we went in and they were like, okay, your due date's going to be January 29th. And then they did the initial ultrasound and they're like, well, he looked, the baby's a little small. So they sent me for a transvaginal ultrasound. And the ultrasound tech said that our due date was probably closer to February 6th. And so we went to the next appointment and they're like, okay, your due date's still January 29th. And I was like, well, what was the point of the transvaginal ultrasound if it's you're just going to keep the same due date? And so I talked to the nurse and I was like, my period is usually like my cycle is usually around 38 days or so. I was like, so that makes sense to me that my due date would be around February 7th. Yeah. And she was like, no, it's fine. Just kind of blew it off. I'm like, that's a big deal. To- <laughs> yeah, that is a big deal. So you, um, I'm curious then, kind of, you said you were in rural Missouri. Was it tricky for you? Did you end up finding a different provider? How did you handle that? My sister knew someone that had had used a midwife during the pandemic because she didn't want to be in the hospital at all. So she gave us the number for the midwife and we got in touch with her and we sat down and probably talked with her for almost two hours. And I was just like, this is somebody that I feel comfortable having in my birth space and delivering this baby mm-hmm. and just taking care of our care. Excellent. Was she kind of nearby? Did you have to travel for this? She was about 50 minutes away or so, but yeah. I mean, out here, everything is far away. So, <laughs> got it. <laughs> okay. So, did you, you went from a hospital birth and you switched over to a home birth? About how many weeks were you or how many months pregnant were you when you did that? I think it was about 16 weeks. It was right before we were getting ready to have our 20 week ultrasound. Awesome. Awesome. Um, can I take you for a moment to talk about your birth partner? Um, what was his thought as all of this was going on? Um, I guess I'm curious too, when you jumped into the birth course, cause if you're switching at about 16 weeks, did he have, was he kind of like, wait, 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 what are we talking about? Why aren't we at the hospital? Like what was his take on all of this? Or was he just super supportive from the beginning? He was really supportive. He was really on board with the switch actually, which I was kind of surprised cause he, is an Enneagram six and like super has a lot of anxiety around planning and everything like that. But he kept saying, he was like, no, this is like kind of actually makes my anxiety less. Cause I don't have to worry about getting you to a hospital while you're in labor mm-hmm. and everything. So 
he was really on board with it. Um, I think by this time, I know I'd been listening to the podcast. I'm not sure if we'd started the birth course just yet or not at that point, though. But he was he was really supportive of the switch, and he doesn't like hospitals to begin with, so he he was all for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, how how else did he support you? So I mean, even involved with like the birth course and stuff. Did he watch videos with you? Did he listen to the podcast? Um, did you guys communicate really well? How did you guys work well together to be prepared for the birth? Yeah, we we would sit down like once a week or so and set aside time and go through like one lesson of the birth course. And then um, any podcast that I thought he might benefit from, I'd send them to him and he'd listen on his way to work and stuff. And, or if we were getting in the car for a long drive, I'd just put it on and make him listen to it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. In the car anyways, here, here's some background yeah. noise. <laughs> yeah. But he was awesome and he would he would uh try to check and make sure I was getting like all my protein and like have you drank all oh, your water? Cool. Have you done your exercises today and stuff like that? So cool. That's awesome. And he was listening too. He knew how to how to support. That's really great. Were there things that you did every day um or very regularly that you felt were very supportive for your preparation for coming up to the birth that you had? I did try to do some meditation. I'd usually listen to the birth affirmations in the morning while I was getting ready for work. And um, I try to do the meditations or at least turn them on while I was going to bed and just let those play. And um, we bought the oils and everything. I was like, this is a good excuse for me to finally <laughs> get some oils. So <laughs> we got some oils and diffuser or diffuser and I'd put like lavender and or the like relaxation blend in. How about those three exercises? Did you do any of those? <laughs> yes, I did try to do the squat is was very difficult. I'm not very good at squatting to begin with, but I'd try. He would usually I'd usually have him like help me into the squat to like stay there, be able to stay in it for a while. And then yeah, I'd do the other the pelvic tilts and the the forward leaning inversion and like I didn't really feel like I used any of them during the birth much but I mean I feel like yeah. it can't hurt <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely preparing the right muscles and things for when it's birth time not that you're going to be yeah giving birth on on hands and knees which you could but yes that's yeah it's definitely preparatory um how about preparing yourself for the actual labor, like anything that you did for your body, were you drinking red raspberry leaf? Did you take dates? Did you do anything that way? Or or was it just kind of like the exercise and mindset working up to it? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day.
it was probably once I was getting to like 36 or 37 weeks, I started trying to drink more of the tea and doing doing some of the dates and stuff. Oh, I did the miles circuit a, a couple times. This A lot of this, I really started leaning into when I was going post due. Like I was just like, get this baby out of me. <laughs> I was trying to drink all of the tea and... I I don't know if I ever got the fully all six dates and I was eating them with like peanut butter Mm. and, (laughs) but, uh, the midwife recommended, she was like, the best way to get the baby out is the same way it got in. So we're having a lot of intercourse (laughs) there towards the end. Okay. So because you have these long cycles, um, and I remember you posted in the birth group, but Tell me a little bit about how long you were pregnant according to their due date. Yes. So according to their due date, I was pregnant 43 weeks in one day. And crazy. It felt like forever. (laughs) Yeah. When yes, it doesn't. I've said this over and over. It doesn't matter if you like internally in your brain know that the time should be different, that you're probably going to go this long. You hit that guest date that somebody took, like gave you a date and you pass it and you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, we had agreed on this. You, you need to come out now. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. no comfort for that. Um, okay. So 43 weeks and one day, but you had, you had an appointment at 43 weeks, right? So tell me a little bit about how your appointments we're going up to then. And I love that at the 43 week mark at a birth center, how is she able to, is that, is that like law in Missouri that she does not legally have to transfer at 42 weeks? Like how were you able to still be at a birth center? Yeah. So she told me at 42 weeks, she's like, you, there is no timeline. There's no law in Missouri that you, that I can't give birth at home after 42 weeks. So she just kept reassuring me, like, your body knows what it's doing, and we're just going to keep waiting. I was going for, I went for two non-stress tests, and the doctor both times was just like, okay, if you haven't delivered in a week to come back, and we'll do it again. And she was like, I know he feels comfortable because he was like, she said, uh, I've had mothers that he sent right to the hospital because things didn't look right. So she was like, I feel comfortable Mm. letting you keep going. And my mom told me that with my oldest sister that she went 44 weeks. So that was reassuring. So that kind of brought me some comfort knowing that, okay, this is kind of normal, I guess, for my family. Yeah, that's really powerful. I, I love, too, that your midwife had a provider that she could could lean on and trust to send you to that she knew wasn't going to immediately just say, oh, we've hit a date. You know, no matter we're going to make up whatever, make this look a little more intense or I'm going to be worried about it so that you have to be admitted. That's really that's pretty cool. Um, and I love, too, that you've got that family history. You're aware of your cycles. Um, I think this is really important for moms that are listening to hear that because I think the majority of moms right now at 39 weeks are planning their inductions. That's a conversation that providers are having with them at 39 weeks. And in this case, it sounds like your baby would not have been ready then. And so, I mean, that would have been four weeks too early. Or even if they you plan it at 40 weeks, three weeks of of 
you know, your baby out instead of in where they should have been. That's huge. So I'm really glad you're here to share this. Um, so you go in for your 43 week appointment and what do you do? Um, so at this point she'd been coming to our house for appointments. And so she, uh, was able to perform a membrane sweep. She tried at our previous appointment, but she said that the cervix was too far back and she couldn't, she couldn't even feel it at that point. So at 43 weeks, she was finally able to check and do, she was like, okay, if I'm able to find it, do you want to do the membrane sweep? I was like, yes, please do something. (laughs) (laughs) So she was able to do the sweep. And then after that, um, the whole rest of the day, I was just had a little bit of blood and was kind of cramping, but I was like, okay, she said there could be blood and cramping. So I wasn't too worried about that. And and then what happened? So I went to bed that night and at 11.59, I woke up and had some diarrhea and cramping. And I was like, okay, I think this could be the start of labor. So um, I laid down, tried to go back to sleep because I was like, okay, I need some rest at this point. And uh, I couldn't get comfortable. So I went out to... Uh, our living room and just kind of hung out on the couch while the contractions started coming at that point they're probably 15 to 20 minutes apart or so and they started getting once they started getting closer and more intense I finally woke my husband up around it was probably like three in the morning that I woke him up and he was like okay is this like for real or like can I go like back to bed for a while. <laughs> I was like, no, I've already been up for three hours. Like this is time. You need to get up. <laughs> so uh, he got up and got dressed and he was trying to support me through the contractions. And um, he called the midwife around four and she was like, she was like, okay. Uh, how is Stephanie doing? Like what's, what's happening? How are the contractions? And, um, at that point they were probably getting closer to like five minutes apart. And she was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll be there as soon as I can. And she got there probably around five 45 or so. And, uh, I tried to eat a cliff bar cause I was like, I'm going to need some energy and I immediately vomited that up. So, <laughs> mm, bummer. Yeah. So, but the only position that really felt good to like work through the contractions in was like sway- standing and swaying my hips. So I was like leaning on my husband and just like swaying my hips. And then I try to sit down and rest between them. And as soon as it would start, I'd stand back up. And the midwife got there and she was trying to get check on the baby's heart rate and check everything, make sure everything was still going okay. And she tried to get me into some different positions just because my feet were starting to hurt at this point um, Mm. from standing. (laughs) So yeah, she tried to get me on to like get on my knees and lay on the side of the couch. And that felt horrible. I tried to sit on the yoga ball and that didn't feel good either. So I just kept standing. (laughs) (laughs) And then 
I went to the toilet and then we were on the toilet for a while. But then when the contractions would come, I'd still stand have to stand back up for them. And then I do remember I vomited. I started vomiting a f- several times. And my I just remember my midwife saying, oh, she's getting close. I think she's in transition at this point. And I was like, <laughs> just felt like they were coming right on top of each other. So after that, she was like, okay, do you want to get into the pool now? So I was like, oh, gosh, I don't want to move. <laughs> but we got me into the pool and like immediately when I got into the water, I was just like, I feel like I need to push. And she was like, just trust your body. Like if you feel like you need to push it, you're probably ready to start pushing. And so started trying to push. And I, I, that was like the hardest part of the labor I think was trying to figure out how to push like, and trying to keep breathing. I, I remember my husband just kept going, relax, relax, breathe, calm your breathing. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> it took me <laughs> it, it, Nothing seemed to help. The pushing felt like it took probably two hours. I remember the midwife was like, oh, your baby will be here probably by eight o'clock. And that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was pushing in different positions in the pool for a while and at one point she was like your contractions are starting to stall. She was like you need to like tell your body to to keep going and all this stuff and I was I was just like in my head I'm like I can't do this. <laughs> and so she got she had my mom get some of the clary sage oil and hold in front of my nose and that's that worked pretty good because then it was like they started coming right again and my mom was like wow this is amazing (laughs) yeah every doula has that in their pocket for that reason right there yeah yeah uh but she we still couldn't get him like in the position i was in in the pool i still couldn't like get him worked down enough and so then my midwife got me out of the pool and like had me laying on my back with my husband like behind me. And then my mom and her assistant were like holding my knees up, pushing them up towards my, my head. And um, she was like, for some reason, sometimes that sometimes that position just works really well for new moms. And so uh, once they got me into that position, it was probably 10 minutes or so and wow they uh he was crowning for a while and I couldn't like mentally push through that like Mm. full release so they're like you need to this next push just give it everything you got so I just like bared down and he just shot out and my midwife barely caught (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, tell me a little bit about like, um, postpartum. So he shoots out <laughs> your bear, your midwife gets him. Did you, were you able to do that immediate skin to skin? How were, how were both of you postpartum? Well, I had a shirt on, so, I mean, she laid him on my chest, but we didn't really get the skin to skin like I was hoping, but she laid him on my chest and, and she, and she delivered the placenta and everything. And but it was just nice being able to just lay there and take it all in. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long, how long after 
after baby's born and everything, did your midwife stick around and do all the little things and clean up? And like when, how long before you guys were just you at home as a family? I feel like she was probably there till around like three or so because we were having issues with breastfeeding. So she was trying to help us at least get him latched and get some food before she left because she didn't want to leave us with not having any know what we're doing with breastfeeding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Midwives are good that way. Yeah. All right. Well, tell me. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I I was just going to say I was going to kind of wrap things up. So you if there's anything else you want to tell me about midwife and postpartum, let me know. Well, I'll just say real quick that she we had the our issues with breastfeeding. We had he had a lip and tongue tie when he was born that she noticed right away. And um, so she had my husband run to town to get nipple shields to see if he we could get him to latch with the nipple shields and stuff. And he, he had, there was some milk that came out, but not a ton. So then she had me try pumping and we were syringe feeding him. And Thursday we went to see, this was like four days postpartum. We went to see a lactation consultant and she was like, he's already lost 12% of his body weight. Like we just need to get this Mm -hmm. baby some food. She was like, you probably just need to buy some formula and get his calories back up right now so he's not starving. And so I kept trying to pump and postpartum was the first few weeks was pretty rough with because I was never ever really never able to really produce any milk. He wasn't able to breastfeed. So that was pretty disappointing and Definitely had to Mm. grieve that, that I wasn't able to provide for him that way. But the tongue tie, he had a revision done and they said, the lip, you should lift it a few times a day and uh, the tongue should work itself out as he eats. And we were at this point seeing a chiropractor and a cranial sacral therapist. And after a couple weeks they were like I don't think I think his tongue is pretty tight again so he had to have another revision done at five months and then this was like a specialist we went to that deals in tongue ties and they gave us all these exercises to do with it and like to lift the tongue up several times a day and do all this other stuff so highly recommend you have a tongue tie <laughs> to find someone that knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good recommendation. Um, before we go, I really like to ask moms, uh, what if you could give any advice to other moms that are listening? What is the number one thing that you would say to them? Moms that are pregnant and getting ready for their birth? What advice would you give? Uh, I definitely have recommended your podcast and birth course to Lots of friends that I know that have been pregnant and I would just say to trust your body and trust your baby that they know when the time is right. That was a huge part of my story and just trusting that that when they're ready, it it will happen. 
Yeah, I like that. And then what, if any advice do you have for birth partners? Definitely take the classes seriously if you're in the birth course. And my husband was very into the birth course and he, he, I think he liked most that it, it gave him like a role to play. Like he knew Mm. what his part was and he had purpose in, in bringing our son to, into the world. That's really good advice. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for being willing to share your birth story so that many, many women can benefit from this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.